Can you build a business on your deathbed? You're about to find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. Welcome back to your weekly dose of human connection learning. I am your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that's infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur, a business owner, or you are going to be one very soon. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. Another big episode today. I am super excited about this one. Today, Dee Williams shares her inspiring story of overcoming so many challenges in her life to the point of building her business from her deathbed. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next week's episode, who spent the better part of the last quarter century in the video space. And as per usual, you know it, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal, business, and marketing. G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All right, my fellow Dark Horse fans and family, today's guest, D. Williams, is richly melanated and multi-hyphenated. She soars as the true-to-herself best-selling author, speaker, business strategist, success coach, and the CEO of Individual Audacity, a transformational learning company that coaches driven and audacious individuals towards clarity and action in their career, their business, and life. She has transformed lives in 14 countries and seven industries worldwide. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine, right? Uh, D is a tech founder of the mobile app Mo Plan Do, which helps audacious go-getters create, organize, manage, and track their ideas. And here it is, and actually execute them. That's key right there. She's also the founder and CEO of Identifies Consulting, a recruitment and staffing consulting firm, amongst other businesses. Now, I know that her list of accomplishments do not stop there, but I don't want to steal any of her thunder. Dee, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited for this one. My wife has like been watching me you know, fanboying for the past week or so once we got this all organized. Now, I was going to say, how are, you, how is, how are things in, in uh, Georgia? Because I actually spent a number of years there myself when I worked in my Coca-Cola days. But you just got finished telling me you're in L.A., so you really can't tell me about that. So. No, I'm in L.A. I've been on the West Coast now, and I've been speaking for – a couple of weeks and my voice is a little raspy. I Forgive me for that, but I've been here since December. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I, I know I was all up and down the West Coast. I was in San Fran, Oakland, Sacramento, San Diego, and then I've just kind of been here in LA 
um, doing some footwork with the next project I'm working on. So nice, cool. the lady that never sleeps, obviously, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> so I, I want to step back and you know just kind of hand the uh, the stage over to you and Arena. I know you're very comfortable with, uh, but you know, kind of share with the listeners your story. You know, the kind of you know, trials and tribulations you went through, and then you know, obviously your entrepreneurial journey as well. And then we'll we'll just kind of dig around in there from there. Yeah, I, I, you know, one of the things I love about uh, this podcast is being able to hear the different um, comeback stories. I mentioned that earlier, and I think that's so important to any entrepreneur who is looking, especially to transition from being an employee to taking on to this, this journey. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I think is really important is for people to understand is that life comes with balance, and the balance is you, you have to have a really good career in order for your home life to feel good or your business life to feel good or you've got to have a really good business in order for your home life or your career like they all three go together they mesh together and when one is off sync it seems like everything is like off sync or things are lopsided and so you kind of deal with all of these different challenges and you know um my story is remarkably different, I think, from a lot of stories out there. And I have overcome so many challenges. And I hope that me sharing um, this will inspire someone to um, to just really step out of their comfort zone and to take risks, right? To take risks on things that um, they not, may not even necessarily believe is possible. So a little bit about me. Um, I'm from Baltimore, actually, and um, I, at a very young age, I lived in like one of the craziest neighborhoods um, in Baltimore. It was in the hood, as they say, <laughs> and um, and I kind of had this crazy, these crazy experiences as a at a very young age where I was um, sexually abused by my babysitter, and um, it was like 20 years my senior or my stepdad and my mom um, decided she wanted to move out of the hood into a better area. But by that time I had already been traumatized so extensively. And um, for anybody out there who's ever experienced sexual abuse from the age eight to 21, that was my story. And it wasn't like people always that I completely knew. It was just like I was be I, I I was my boss, a police officer by gunpoint, um, my stepdad, the babysitter. It was just I kept getting into these situations where um, where I was sexually abused and I ended up having a child um, from mm-hmm. one of those situations and who I'm in love with, my son, my oldest son. And I had this like crazy life. I was struggling. I was on welfare. I was like 16 with two children with my own apartment that was infested with rats, with no refrigerator, no stove, and very little money. And this idea that I knew that it was something greater about myself, even though everybody around me was telling me that I was going to be a statistic, that I was going to have gold teeth, 50 children by 50 different men, and all of these other things. In the back of my mind, I always knew that that wasn't my story. And so I didn't listen to their stories or rather I took their stories and allowed them to fuel 
me to move past where I was on a consistent basis. And so I, I, I went from being a sexually abused young lady um, on the streets of Baltimore, living on her own, 16 with two children, right? Um, to being, you know, earning more than seven figures, um, running multiple serial businesses, <laughs> you know, my children being absolutely amazing, living the life. Like I'm, I've been on the road since December, right? right. So like living this dream life, it's, it's just definitely been something that you could not possibly even imagine. I've had, you know, a cancer situation, which I'll get to in a second, where I've overcome that as well. And, you know, what I want to say to you all is just like life happens and it's like something you really can't stop. But, but what you can do is embrace every situation and embrace every day and see what, what you're meant to learn from it. And, and I think that when you go through things, it really defines your character. It defines who you are. And it also tells the universe, like, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to feel uncomfortable. I'm willing to take this L for a moment because I know at the end of the day that like, I'm really going to pull through this. I have that. I believe that. So bring it on. Let's, let's get through this so we can get to the good stuff. Nice. And really that's kind of how nice. you have to see life. So I got to tell you this and um, 2011. Um, so right before 2011, I guess two years before that, I had quit my job and started a, a business, started a staffing agency, and it failed miserably. And um, I got really, really, really depressed. And I decided that I was not going to be an entrepreneur anymore, that I was going to be an employee, and that I was going to go and work a nine to five again. And so I moved from Georgia, from Maryland to Georgia and lived off my savings for a year with my kids, completely depressed. And um, until I was down to my last $5 and I was sitting in with the kids in the back of the car. I was at Walmart's parking lot crying and my phone rang and someone who knew me from the Maryland area um, knew how great I was as, as a recruiter said, you know, I've been stalking you secretly. I know you're in Atlanta. I have a role. I'm sure you're not interested. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> and so he's like, for real? I was like, for real. So within a week, I had the job and I worked this job for about a year depressed, like literally almost came into work every day in my bedroom slippers, like so depressed because I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I failed and I didn't know how to deal with the failure of my business. I didn't know how my ego didn't know how to deal with the failure. And everybody has all already like pegged me as this, you know, as a loser, right? Mm -hmm. So I felt like even though all the things that I had accomplished, failing this was what it, it, it meant that I was a loser. <laughs> That's what I felt <laughs> like, right? And, um, and so it was crazy because I'm like, you know, depressed, I'm going to work every day and I'm making this company millions of dollars. It's like I'm killing it in my role. And the guy that I worked for at the time was so racist. Like he just did not want me to win. He didn't care that I was making the company money. Mm -hmm. And he was just saying really nasty things in my face and behind my back. And I was so depressed, I just didn't notice. But interesting enough, my peers who did not look like me noticed, mm -hmm. and they loved me. 
so much that they felt like it was an injustice. So they spoke up on my behalf, but I, again, I was so depressed. I was like, oh, I don't care. And so one of them actually reached out to a recruiter and said, um, you know, you should hire this girl. You should get this girl a job. She's amazing. And this company doesn't deserve her. So the recruiter called me. I told her I wasn't interested. She called me back. She said, you definitely are interested. Just give me a chance. Mm -hmm. So she set me up with an interview. I went to the interview like a bum. Like I didn't even have a jacket on. I was like leaning to the side. I just wasn't. And, and he, the guy told me at the table, he's like, y'all, like the, the woman who referred you, everybody she's ever referred has been a, a winner in our business. I don't even want to hire you. I'm only hiring you because I believe in her. I was like, cool. You know? And um, I went in there in the first month. I hated it. I was like, they don't know what they're doing, blah, 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 blah. And she said, you know, you are not yourself. And um, I just want you to give me 30 days. I just want you to give me 30 days of you being yourself, of you just really putting forth real effort. And um, if you hate it, I'll put you somewhere else. And she said, I want you to start right now, the moment you get upstairs out of this elevator. And I said, okay, cool. So I did that. I made my first placement that day and you know, ended up being the top recruiter at that company as well. And in the process of that, the company realized my value and started to court me differently. They wanted to figure out what they could do to keep me in the company. Well, over the course of the year, I had been training other people because I was their top recruiter mm -hmm. and they had really kind of given me this role. So I asked them, can I split my role? Can I train half the time and recruit half the time? I love both. They told me no. And I was really disappointed and to the point where I was kind of frustrated, but not to the point where I was looking to quit. Two days after that, two weeks after that, my boss, um, I went to work one day. I'll just say I went to work one day. Everybody was out of the office except for management and me. My brakes were, were bad in my bins. My boss had picked me up and took me to work this particular day. And um, I am not a super religious person, but I definitely believe in miracles. I definitely believe in spirituality. I believe in a higher being. I'm with you. And you say it again? I'm with you on that one. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm sitting at my desk and nobody is there but me and my boss, Caddy Corner. And I hear this voice and it says, quit your job. Uh -oh. <laughs> and I stood up and I thought, I thought like, I thought the guys who are typically in the office, they were always pranking me. Okay. So I actually thought they were pranking me. So I got up and I said, quit my job. I said, you know, Peter, I'm calling everybody. Now knowing they're not there, my boss is like, you're quitting? And I'm like, no, I'm not quitting. And she's like, I thought I just heard you say that. I said, I actually thought I heard, you didn't hear that? And she's like, no. And I'm like, is Peter here? Is Greg here? <laughs> is, you know, and she's like, you know, everybody's gone. I'm like, cool, I'm tripping. Sit back down, start working again, maybe 30 minutes and, and I heard the voice again, it's time to quit your job. And this time I stood up and said, I'm not quitting my job. And she said, I know you, I know you're pissed off about the the about stuff that's totally different that I wasn't pissed off about. She's like, come into the conference firm. So she's talking to me and trying to convince me to keep the job. And she says, like, now mind you, I didn't even have a ride to work. <laughs> so she's like, Are you quitting? And I said, yes. And she said, you're quitting. And I said, I guess I am. And I didn't know that I was and I didn't plan to. I didn't even have a ride home. And I went through the ranks and my boss, the big boss who two weeks earlier told me that he didn't think that I could, um, he wouldn't give me the, the double job. 
when I told him that I quit, he told me to go, go back to your desk. Stop playing, go to your desk, like you're making a scene. He was very condescending. Mm. Um, and then he said, you know, if you, if, you, if you cheat on us, if you work, you know, you have a non-compete, we'll sue you. And I said, no, I honor my non-compete. I don't have a problem with that. And she, he said, well, then what are you going to do? You can't recruit anywhere in the world for a year. I said, well, maybe I'll start a training company and teach people to be better business owners than you. And I got my stuff and I left. I cried. I got drunk that night, I think, drank a bottle of wine. It was like, you know, the next day I can't. I told my kids, I, like, I quit my job today. I don't know how we're going to live. We're probably going to lose everything. And, um, but I'm going to start a business. I need your support. And they said, go after it, do it again. <laughs> Just because you fall doesn't mean you stay down. Like we're here and we lost things. We lost our house. Mm -hmm. We lost our car. We ended up moving in with a friend of mine for nine months while I built the business and, and lived through my non-compete. And I went through those things and I failed and I hurt and I hurt my family. I feel like in some instances, but my kids were so supportive and I was supportive to myself. Like everything is not always going to be easy. Some things you have to like make that sacrifice in order to see what you want. Sometimes you got to take a step backwards to move a step forward. And I totally understood that concept and I was willing to take every loss and I took a lot of losses. My my little mini mansion, I cried when we left it. My little bin, I cried, right? Um, but I got all those things back and 10 times better, right? And and I'm living a much better life, a more secure life. So that that's my kind of my background, my story. And, you know, I came into this with the mindset to help shift create new business owners, to be honest with you, was to create ethical, a, a group of ethical business owners and show them how to do the business better than the company I was working for. That has evolved into things that I can't even explain. I've impacted so many lives. I it's, it's just such a remarkable thing. After I quit my job a year and a half in, I was diagnosed with cancer and told that I would not even live to see 2014 my mom moved in with me, get my will. It's time to prepare for your funeral and die. And I thought, you guys are effing crazy. Right. <laughs> Wait, you are going to about to talk me into preparing for my death. Like, that's not happening. And so I told them, you know, if I have cancer, that's cool. You know, um, let's, I'll do whatever you all tell me to do. You just can't use the word cancer because people think of that as death and I didn't want that floating over my head. So sure. call it whatever you need to call it. You just can't call it cancer in front of me. And everything you could possibly think would go wrong. I was on bed rest for three months, couldn't move. I could not travel. So I started training individuals and starting staffing business. That's how that part of my business model came, came to light. Mm. Um, on my deathbed, I literally built my community. I rebuilt my business um, and that was my driving motivation to live. My children were my driving motivation to live, but I knew I wasn't about to leave this place without leaving my mark. And, um, and I decided that that was going to be my truth. I'd also pretty much told God, like, I ain't about to go. So figure it out. <laughs> it, it's not that time yet. <laughs> you need to figure it out, whatever it is. I ain't about to leave. So don't wait and, for me at the gate. <laughs> 
don't wait for me. And so like the day, like I was in just the middle of the week and they called me one day and was like, your blood work came back. I think we can do the surgery tomorrow, but it has to be tomorrow. And I was like, okay, great. I'll come in tomorrow. Two hours later, my insurance company said, we've canceled your insurance. So you can't do your surgery. And so I called the hospital. I said, they canceled my insurance. They said, do you want to live? And I said, I do. They said, be here tomorrow morning. And so I came tomorrow morning and I am here to, to tell this story today. And so I resonate with, with the messages that flow through this community because a lot of times we have issues with our family. We have issues with money. We have issues with our boss. We have issues with, you know, so many different things. And we allow those things, even our health, we allow those things to be an absolute excuse as to why we cannot do what we are meant to do, the reason that we're really here. And I, I, I love the story that Chadwick Bossman Boss, left. Like he worked to his very last day and never told a soul that he was kind of struggling through this. And I, I love that because it's like, why do we have so many excuses out here? Hello. What's up with that? You know, everything is doable. Like, what do you think? I mean, what are your thoughts? You know, I totally agree. I think, I think, unfortunately, our society has made it so easy to have excuses, right? Oh, well, you know, I actually gave an example just the other day on a previous episode where, you know, kids could say, if we talk about college for a minute, you know, oh, I didn't study until last night, you know, and then I jammed, you know, a whole semester worth of studying into one night. Well, it's no wonder you failed the test. And, and that's kind of, you know, like people are like, oh, well, you, 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 oh, you did all your studying last night. Well, you know, you did have the whole semester to study. So uh, we've got to reclaim that in how we, you know, engage each other, right? It's not just, you know, a parent talking to their kids or, you know, a friend to friend. It's like, good dude, you know, D, why didn't you study the whole se semester, you know, and then not take that whole excuse for a reason. It's like, nah, let me help you up. We're going to, you and I are going to start working together and I'm going to study with you and you're going to help me and the whole nine yards. And I think everyone has just let excuses become a part of their, of their norm. And the thing is, is that we're moving into the society. I was just telling two young ladies a couple of weeks ago, it's like, this is so interesting. My, one of my, um, my former accountants sent me a text message the other day and it was like um, someone talking about astrology and they were saying how Aquarians are always slept on. And she sent me this message and said, D, you're like, I only know two Aquarians. Do you feel like you're slept on? I was like, no, girl, people listen to me. And then I thought about it and said, actually, two people just kind of slept on me the other day. I made this prediction about society, about business. I said, while money will still be a factor in business, right? Um, people are becoming more, we are in a more sensitive society. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of doing business in that ruthless manner is going away. Mm -hmm. Like it's more about serving. It's more about meaningful connections, meaningful yeah. products, meaningful brands, meaningful communities, meaningful relationships, um, running ads through everything. Um, even though I'm an ad queen, but running ads, <laughs> it breaks the customer experience and, in 2020 and beyond, the customer experience is everything, right? And so this idea, like I'm saying all of these things and they're like, girl, please, we gotta run ads. Nobody's listening to you. I'm like, oh, I'm dismissed. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> but, but the 
thing is, is that we really need to be coming together and holding each other accountable mm -hmm. and say, hey, I, I don't see that, but how do you, how do you see that, Dee? And how can we figure out how to, how to make this thing mesh and, and just kind of bringing things together? And I feel like we're just in this different space. I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you feel like we're, we're evolving? I think, I think there's a core, there's a core of folks that are evolving, that they're, they're doing, like you just said, they're looking ahead. Uh, I was just um, listening to a gentleman from Australia tell his story where him and his twin brother uh, started a telecom, right? And they started it just literally uh, three, four years ago. Now, mind you, if you're playing in the telecom business, you're, you're playing with some big guys, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, literally what they did, they went out there and, you know, on the back of a file cabinet in their auntie's back yard and a laptop they uh, one of the brothers was in the uh, you know, telecom industry so he knew about how to buy the bandwidth and buy the services right and then you so you go get it at wholesale and you turn around and sell it retail and but what what re the reason I'm telling this story is what resonated with me was they don't call themselves a telecom company they call themselves a customer happiness company that sells telecom I love that. So their whole thing is about delivering happiness to their customers through connection. And that's how they're identifying with their customers. And they're all about that customer experience and that customer happiness. Oh, and by the way, they just happen to do that through your phone. Okay, well, that's cool. I was like, all right, that's a completely different spin. And they're actually, I believe their company was called Let's Be Mates. They're from Australia, so you know, mates is a is a buddy. I so let's that. be mates. Yeah. I'm like that that whole method, that whole branding. It just all resonates, and they're they're giving these guys a run for the money, and it, they're doing good. I think last year they turned forty million dollars, and they're only four years old, so they're doing something right. So I totally believe what you're what you're saying is that yeah. those folks that start focusing on delivering a value and engaging the consumer to you know to make them smile and whatever method they do that is definitely going to be a win whether they're doing coaching or selling telecommunications yeah and the thing is uh, uh, you know same young lady I was talking to this morning as she says um, you know I don't know how do we get because she's now transitioning into the coaching space mm -hmm. and she feels like she's hiring small businesses She's, she wants to support small businesses to grow her small business. And in the process of hiring small businesses, she's found two types of business owners. One who takes your money and doesn't deliver. Mm -hmm. And one who takes your money and over delivers. And she was trying to figure out like, how do I decipher who I'm getting when I'm making my money? And I told her, I have figured this one out. And it is the level of interest that the company, the person that you're talking to in the company, is the level of interest that they have in your product and brand. That defines how they connect with your brand. And she was like, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because the, per the people who didn't ask me many questions, they took my money, they were in and out. Yeah. But the young lady who was sitting in there like, okay, tell me a little bit about your audience. Tell me. How do they feel? What's their goal? What's their mission? Tell me about you. Why are you doing it this way? And, and really giving me positive feedback and negative feedback. Right. 
you know, that, those are the companies that are over delivering. And she's like, I want to support small businesses who have the same values, the same goals, the same character, the same mission. How do we find that? So like, I definitely feel like I love, like this podcast is really good because people are able to understand that this human connection that we have walked away from over the last, I would like to say 20, 30 years is, is going through an evolution, an evolution itself. And we are coming back to that space. And I do think it's going to be hard for some people to, to understand that because they've gotten so used to what's happening right now. Yeah. These newer generations coming along. Oh my gosh. Like we have to get back into the, the, the mission of serving. So let me talk to you a little bit about serving. Do please do. You're now listening to the dark horse entrepreneur podcast. So one of the key things that I do as a business coach, because I am a real business coach, one of the areas that I focus on is helping people set up and run their very own niche recruitment and staffing business. I want to talk about Stephen in Delaware. This gentleman came to me. He was making 13 bucks an hour. He was a single dad with a mortgage, working as a butcher in a grocery store with a dream which was to impact his community and to start his stone staffing agency, put people to work. And he had met the mayor and the city council through the Habitat, through Humanity. So he was really transitioning his life from kind of this thug life kind of thing to being a model citizen. And he heard my story and felt like I was somebody that was authentic Mm -hmm. enough to help him. So he came into one of my classes And he was so embarrassed about what he was being a butcher. He wouldn't even acknowledge that, right? Later came back and said, I lied. I'm a butcher. I'm not the manager. (laughs) I'm like, I don't care, you know? And so he went on. This guy has made over $1.5 million, I would say, in the last year and a half. He has put so many people to work in the mental health space. It's crazy. He is impacting not only now Delaware, but he's now expanding his business nationwide. He tells me every day, he sends me messages all the time. Like, it's you're the reason that I'm in this space. That's serving. That is serving. Being able to see someone go from A to B. Mm -hmm. Or the young lady, Nicole, who's a nurse who was dealing with kind of issues within her job. She was working two and a half jobs when she came to my community and really wasn't physically healthy. She wanted to place nurses into roles. She wanted to still be a part of the nursing community, but she didn't want to do bedside stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. So she started a staffing business and she worked, like she worked, told me, she said, I will, she would come to, come to the coaching meetings. I was like, where are you at, Nicole? I'm in the closet. What are you doing in the closet? She's like, I'm hiding from my boss. I'm working my business. And she did that until she didn't need her part-time job anymore. Mm. And then she kept doing it until she didn't need her full-time job. And now she bills out like $50,000, $70,000 a week, putting nurses into jobs all across the country. Nice. Like, I'm talking impacting, serving, right? Yes. These are the types of entrepreneurs that the world needs and that I that I am on a personal mission to to help groom, to identify, to help groom and to help um, create some true leaders that are passionate about the people that are, um, you know, passionate about serving, but also 
leaving a legacy for your family. We all deserve that, right? That's right. So doing that simultaneously. What type of experiences do you feel like, what are some of your most impactful experiences through business for you? I know I'm being interviewed, but I would like to no, know. No, that's good. That's, that's good to have the two-way conversation. Absolutely. You know, it's for me, is uh, I've had a, um, a, a crazy career. I mean, I mentioned earlier, you know, I lived in Atlanta, so I worked for Coca-Cola for like yeah. 12 years, and I did some time. I make it sound like a prison sentence. <laughs> I worked for Home Depot, and yeah. then, you know, David's Bridal and Victoria's Secrets. I mean, all the great names, and uh, all of them – I learned some really cool things. I heard great marketing tactics from the, the marketing engine of Coca-Cola, right? I heard some great uh, people tactics with Home Depot. There was some great environment inside there. I learned uh, a lot of things, a lot of nuances about uh, marketing and uh websites and the whole nine yards when I was at David's Bridal because they were showing all they had so many dresses out there and then it was like okay well this has got the this has got the heart you know on the front and this is the mermaid and that's the the princess and you're looking at all these different factors so it was all these different nuances but all the ones that seemed to uh, resonate with me were the ones that were like we're here to deliver to the customer and one of those was a, a, a a luxury brand called Frontgate, uh, and they really focus on interior and outerior uh, decorating and, and furniture to high-end folks. And we're talking folks that got you know million-dollar homes and more. And uh, and a lot of their customers were names we would all recognize, right? You know, uh, a great example is their their back one of their back uh, um, outdoor furniture sets would run you about ten thousand dollars. So wow. someone that can afford that, right? You know, they're they're looking for quality and you know as well as some aesthetics, a nice look in all nine yards. So they went out there and they went the extra mile, and they even created a white glove service. So it's like, oh, well, we're going to deliver this outdoor furniture to your home and they're like you know they don't want to unpack the box and you know they may have people to do that for them or you could just say well how about we do that for you just you don't worry about anything you have furniture there we will we'll even get rid of that furniture or move it wherever you want i mean they over like you were saying they over delivered now mind you it was a high-end customer who expected that well they started a sister company who was more targeted towards the the me's of the world the mm -hmm. folks that don't have millions of dollars mm -hmm. you know they're, they're 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 comfortable you know they have a, a nice home and a good family life and all nine yards they like to have some of those luxuries right yeah just don't want they, they can't afford ten thousand dollars to pay for them so their their sister company um targeted the same kind of product but they figured out a way to step it down where it would be towards you and me, but they still came at that same uh, angle of, I want to over deliver to you. So I'm going to give you this million dollar look, you know, for 250 bucks. Right. I love but that. It's still, but it's not going to fall apart. You know, you can get the, the $250 product, but generally it's not going to last very long, right? Well, yeah, can, six but they, <laughs> they, exactly. But they figured out a way where they could go overseas, get the pr product made and brought over here and it would last. 
And I'm like, okay, that's the kind of company I want to resonate, you know, I resonate with because they weren't just, like you're saying, they weren't just getting the money and they're out of there. They knew that if they delivered to you this time, you'd be back again and again, and you would tell your friends and the whole nine yards. And those are the kind of folks I love working with because it's more than just making a sale, right? You're, you're, you're engaging with another human, right? Yeah. I think one of the, um, uh, a more recent story, and, and, and then I will shut up and let you go, go on, is a, a, a gentleman named Zach, uh, Zachary Babcock. Um, he got out of prison. He did a five-year stint in prison. And, of course, after he gets out of prison, no one wanted to work with him. He was trying to start his own company. Everyone was like, you know, and you, you, and when I say he got out of prison, you would look at him. You'd say, yeah, you just got out of prison. I get it. I'm going to put you in that box in there, right? You know, the, the tats, the whole nine yards. And I have tattoos, too, so I'm not stereotyping. But if you were going to, that's what he looked like. Well, in the course of, a, I think it was two or three years, he started his own company and just – hustling just kept on hustling now he's building his own office he's working with million dollars he's working with you know the the grant cardones of the world right so he's stepped up his game one step at a time he just kept working at it and working at it working at it and then finally he the first person i believe it was billy jean uh, billy jean marketing yeah i know right gave him an interview on his podcast and the doors kind of opened up a little bit. He jammed his foot in that door and just kept, but the cool thing about it is he's always been himself. He's always been, this is Zach cussing the whole nine yards. It's just just who he is. You listen to his old episodes. You listen to him now. He's the same guy. He's just making, you know, he's just leveled up his game now. He's working with another another level of folks. And and I think that's the same thing. People resonate with that. Be authentic. Yeah. If you're in there for the buck, they're going to figure that out and you're out. Easy. Easy. They're going to they're going to smell that a mile away. Exactly. You you may get a couple of rubes. You know, you may fool a cut, you know, pull the wall over a few eyes, but at the end of the day, how, how can you put your head on the pillow first, right? That's where I'm going to go. How can you lay down and go to sleep? Anyway, let's get past that. But afterwards, they're going to be like, I'm never buying from that guy again. And they're going to tell everybody. It's so interesting because it's so interesting that you even mentioned that because I just had recently a situation where a young lady paid for my coaching services um, and my one-on-one coaching services. And in the middle of our coaching, she started posting how to start a staffing business. But I didn't know that she was doing that. Mm-hmm. And months had gone by and I hadn't heard from her. And I was like logging into her system to see if she had been logging in, nothing. Needless to say, I had um, posted something last month and I she responded. So I looked at her page and saw all of these messages where she was basically taking the training that she was getting from me and had decided she was going to repackage it and sell it to other people, even though she didn't really know how to do it. Oh, my. She didn't even know how to do it. That's why she had hired me. So she's going to repackage it and sell it. So, and, and I told her, I said, you're a very horrible person. I said, you know, I built this business on my deathbed. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you would pay me to, with that, I said, if you would have even just came to me and said, D, I want to be another version of you, I probably would have been okay with that. But the mm-hmm. fact that you were 
sneakily, nastily, yeah. going behind my back and doing like, this is great. So you're going to deal with that. That's why I have a great attorney, right? right. So you're going to deal with the people that are out there like that. And she could sleep at night. Cause, and this one made me say, you asked, how could they sleep at night? She told me it's a doggy dog world. Oh my she, God. This is business, D. This is business. And I said, you're an unethical person. That was the worst curse word I could give her at the moment because I didn't want to give her any satisfaction of anything, right? Sure, right. But you're, we're going to deal with those people, especially if you're good. If you're good, I'm good at what I do. I have great energy. I am authentic. I genuinely care about the people that I come in contact with. And uh, my community, my my income shows, the, the, the level of commitment of the the people that deal with me, that shows, mm-hmm. um, you know, my community has watched me grow on LinkedIn. They watched me go from being a recruiter to being the woman that I am. People have watched me for years. So you, you will kind of get and find your tribe. There's always going to be somebody out there trying to take you down when yeah. you are so rich with goodness. <laughs> when you are rich with goodness, people can't help but wanting to take from that. It's just like how you handle that. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt, um, I, I was definitely hurt, but I felt empowered. Like, man, I must be dope. You know, she wants to steal from me. <laughs> like, man, I must be cool. But it also showed me the difference between the type of entrepreneur that I am and the type of entrepreneurs that are out there. And it was a great reminder to me that I do want to continue to be authentic, that I don't want to be a version of her, mm-hmm. that um, that I genuinely want to care about my clients and their success, um, because that's a reflection of me as well. I want to celebrate with them. I want right. to have a party. Let's, I tell them all the time, we about to go and get on a flight and go to Aruba. They're like, me, COVID's going. I said, forget COVID. Let's go to Aruba. <laughs> like, you know, so like we, we, it, it was a good, those bad experiences remind us of who we are, what our mission mm-hmm. is, how passionate we are about that mission. And it also, for me, it separates the good guy from the bad guy. And both yeah. are out there playing the field, you yeah. know, they're both out there playing the field. Absolutely. I think one of the great gems, I mean, obviously you're just dropping knowledge bombs here, right and left. But I think one of the great things you said inside there was you got to learn from it. You're going to, you're going to deal with both sides of the fence, right? The the dark and the not so dark and the ones that are walking the line. Um, one of the funny things that my wife and I were watching a show the other night and, and a guy just looked at a, the, uh, he, he was a sleazeball in the show and he looks at it. It's not personal. It's just business. And we both looked at each other and said, it's always personal. Right. Because I, how can it just be business? Right. I can't right. go like the lady that just, you know, took your stuff and just started repackaging and selling it. That wasn't business. That was personal. She was took fine. your stuff. Right. And turned it into hers. That's personal. You know? Yeah. So it, it's it's not just business. It's always to me. It's always personal. So always put yourself at that, you know, be the better guy, be a better guy, and have a good lawyer. You're the second person that said that on this show. <laughs> uh, what's his, uh, Guy Kiyosaki wrote this. So I didn't always have a good lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Guy Kiyosaki, so, so for people who are on a budget, who are financially challenged, mm-hmm. and you're listening and watching, 
So the attorney that I have now, and if he watches this, he's going to crack up because we, we laugh about this. But I came into his office in 2012 and was like, I don't have any money, but I have an idea. <laughs> and I need you to be my attorney. He looked at me and was like, what? what? Who are you, woman? <laughs> I was like, I read this book and they said I have to have an attorney and that should be the first person that I hire. So like, I haven't launched anything. I don't even really have any money to give you, but I know I'm going to need you. And so I already did my research. I know who you are. I like what you bring to the table. I just want to know where you take me on as a client. In the beginning, I'll pay. And then hopefully maybe over time, I can get on a, a retainer program. And um, he said, yeah. And he's been my attorney ever since this. Uh, he's so amazing. I call him, so I'm like, oh, we got a crazy on our hands. <laughs> but I think that's one of the things. And your personality, I mean, you're just beaming with the energy. But I think one of the things about that is you did your research. You, you knew what the right moves were. So you just like, all right, here's, I have nothing. I, I'll pay you, but can we work something out? What's yeah. the worst thing the guy could have said? No. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, and, and it worked out. That he, and he, I, I believe that he would tell you the reason, because I am his only, he told me this morning, actually, I am his only client that's not on a retainer. Oh, man. Yes. And he helps me when I need it. And I believe he would tell you the reason is because it's not every day that somebody is bold enough to say that I have a dream and I'm going after with or without you, but I need you to come with me so mm -hmm. that I can make this dream come to life. Nice. And that was my story when I went to him and he's watched me build businesses. He's watched them fail. He's legalized businesses for me, closed them down. <laughs> um, I, I like, he's watched me go through this journey since 2012 and, you know, he will tell you it's probably a remarkable one. He's always told me, I just believe in you. It's something about you, D. Williams. I know you are going to change this entire world. Nice. So I'm just going to stick around for the ride. And when you're ready, we'll put the retainer. <laughs> and then I probably could do a retainer now, but he's never, you know, he's just a good guy. But it's those relationships. Yeah. That you built from day one, you know, that make a difference mm -hmm. and, and that it grows. And he tells me, he says, I want to introduce you to this person. I want to introduce you to that person. So anyway, what I wanted to tell you was Guy Kiyosaki wrote this book that everybody should read. Um, and it's called Something I Should Know by Heart. But I'm going to tell you in a second. But basically, the book is, is about the top three people you should hire in your business before you hire any 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 employees your assistant anything okay mm -hmm. the first the top three people you should hire he said is your attorney is your lawyer so no it's your attorney your accountant and your financial advisor and he's like he and i started reading the book and i will tell you that i had he gave me a very different perspective about running my business from that in that way, I did not think about running my business from the perspective of hiring an attorney first or hiring an accountant first. I want to hire my VA first is what I'm always thinking. Right. But you can't really get to the point of a VA and you can't really get to the point of having clients unless you have a great attorney um, under your belt. So he wrote this book with like his accountant and his attorney and his financial advisor. And I think it's like it's something about like the top three people that you should have on your team 
I was looking on Amazon to see if I could find the book, <laughs> but, um, but it's a really good book and I'll definitely make sure I share it with you. Excellent. Now <laughs> you said something earlier. I want to, I want to loop back to real quick. Yeah. Um, you're being bold. I can't imagine you're, you're, you're such a wallflower. You're sitting over there being so quiet. Um, no, <laughs> of course I'm being sarcastic, <laughs> right. but uh, <laughs> In your in your ability to be bold, does that mean you're not scared? Oh, I'm scared shitless. Okay, there, and there it is. I think so many people don't know that. They think, oh, man, she's so courageous, right? Oh, no. I am scared shitless. <laughs> All the time. I mean, think, think about the fact that you're going into, like, my attorney is like, it was like in one of the top buildings in Atlanta. Like mm -hmm. I literally walked into this guy's office, you know, some little chocolate chick from the hood in Baltimore. Like you're gonna, I'm gonna hire you, and I have no money. Like that's scary. It's scary to pick the phone up and call Spotify or call Microsoft and say I'm putting on an event for entrepreneurs and I need sponsorship. I need you involved with this project. You all are doing this in the community. This is my market. It's going to directly impact this community locally and uh, nationwide. We have to make this happen. How do we do that? I am literally, when I'm making those calls, I am sweating under my arms, mm -hmm. on my head, sweating bullets, my hands sweating bullets. Sometimes my legs are shaking, <laughs> but it's like, what other option do I have to just sit still yeah. or to let my clients go to the left or like I'm here to accomplish something and I'm here to have fun while I'm doing it. And so the a part of the journey is being on the journey, good, bad, or indifferent. So I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared when I come on podcasts to talk. I'm scared when I go on stage in front of five people, in front of 5,000, in front of 50,000. Right. I'm scared. When I'm on YouTube, I'm scared. I'm scared when I come up with ideas. I'm scared implementing them. Are people going to think they're stupid? Am I good enough? Somebody out there is probably doing the same thing 10 times better. How do I stand? All of those, all of those things that everybody thinks in their mind, I think, and I'm sure Oprah thinks, and I'm sure every other person who's successful thinks about. We do. I don't think we necessarily obsess over it, but I know that it's something that we're constantly thinking about. Um, especially when you're on camera and you're a woman, I feel like it makes it even harder. Like, can you even wear your hair a certain way or can you right. dress a certain way? Or it's like all of these other things that go along with it. Um, but I take that fear and I utilize that fear. I, the fear that I fear, the actual feeling of fear that's drumming in my heart, I actually utilize that energy and make the call. There you go. I actually utilize it and step on the stage. I utilize it and I, I utilize it. And then when I get off, if you are on the back of the stage or on the other end of the car and you're my friend, I may pass out on you. Oh, my God, that was crazy. <laughs> oh, Lord, I don't even know how I made You know, but because in my mind, I'm kind of probably feeling that way. But when, you, when you're passionate about something, mm -hmm. When you are genuinely passionate about something, and even though you're afraid, the moment that it is time to turn on, and you know what I'm talking about. I do. I, yeah, I feel you. On, 
right? Like you get Beyonce, she comes out there, she's all shy. The lights come on, bam, Sasha Fierce comes out there. Next thing you know, you're bootylicious, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know how that turn on happens. It's like I, I walk out or I start and I'm scared. And then the moment that it's time to go, you turn on and that fear engulfs into the passion mm -hmm. that you started out with from day one. Yep. It becomes that why. And, and if you can be vulnerable enough and authentic enough to tap into it and allow it to take over you, then everything that you desire for that task whether you're talking to someone, whether you're writing a book, whether you're launching a new business, whether you're meeting your soulmate, whether you, it doesn't matter. It's going to engulf into something beautiful. It's going to engulf into something great, at least for a period of time until you screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> With your thoughts, you know what I'm saying? Like, but other than that, you're going to really like, oh my gosh, this is happening, you know? And, and so it's that, that energy that you're projecting that, that comes back to you. It's, it's circulating. Like money circulates. Money is mm -hmm. an energy, you know? And, and so energy is energy. And so you can be afraid all you want. I think it's great to be afraid. It, it shows that you are real, that you are human, that you are alive, that you have emotions, that you have character, that... It, it's, it's the human side of you. The, the thing that I want to know is that will you allow that fear to take over and keep you from doing what you're supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Or will you allow that fear to get you fired up? Fired up. And, 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 to, and to help you like serve and to like go hard, like go ham. Like what, how are you going to use that fear? Right. That's where I come in. Because I'm like, come on, bring that fear on out the door. <laughs> Right here. Put it right here. Bring it on. No, yeah. No, that that's 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 perfect. That's and I, I know so many people there that, that are up and coming or maybe they're starting something new. They're 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 contending with that. You know, I was I was actually chatting with a young lady earlier today and she's getting ready to launch this podcast and it's gonna be epic. She's mm -hmm. dealing with folks that have uh, uh, dealt with trauma in their past and she wants them to be boss mamas by overcoming their trauma and you, I listened to her opening I'm like oh man this is going to resonate I'm not even the target audience and I can't wait to hear what she has to say and what her folks have to say and she kept saying but I'm afraid of putting myself out there I'm like just just take two seconds and skip past that you don't have to be courageous for any longer than two seconds you know like you were saying once the lights flick on and you step out on the stage there's your two seconds all that fear energy now is going to go right into your podcast you're going to rock it with your with your hosts like we're doing right here and you're like oh my god this is going to be awesome so yeah i mean it just i think hearing folks know that even folks that have made it to your level yeah we still feel fear ladies and gentlemen we just change it we we get the butterflies to fly in formation right and we put them on stage <laughs> yeah and, and let me tell you like my insecurities have always been real like 
I, I'm from Baltimore. I'm from the hood in Baltimore. I don't talk like it now. This is from years of transforming mm -hmm. myself. But when I first started out, I sounded like I was from Baltimore in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> I sounded like that hood chick, right? So it took time to do that. I also, you know, I just, there are always, always certain level of insecurities that, mm -hmm. that you're going to have, you know, but those those are the things I feel like that resonate with people the most. The thing that you are the most insecure about are the things that people will actually find kind of quirky and like, I like her for that. What's more scarier than than telling people you had you got pregnant at eleven and had a baby at twelve and you're next at fifteen and didn't finish high school, didn't finish tenth grade, lived on the streets with rats, like it's that's embarrassing. That's putting yourself out there. Yeah. Telling people you're sexually abused, that's putting yourself out there. And it's scary. They could call my son and, and harass my son or anything. But your mission, your goal, everything is about impacting people's lives. It's mm -hmm. about helping them get from A to Z. I never wanted to write my book or talk about my documentary or my past. My son is the one who said, you have to tell people your story. You have to. You literally overcame the absolute worst life a person can have. You have a child from it Perfect. and you're like amazing. <laughs> and most people see and experience those things and they check out. You have to share your story. You have to get out there and talk to people. You have to be transparent. And, and I didn't get that at first. I denied him for years. But as I started to come more into my purpose and I denied him out of fear and out of shame and mm -hmm. out of lack of confidence and all of those things, the same thing a young lady was probably feeling earlier today. And, but over the years, the more I got into this business, the more I got into the business of transforming lives, of motivate, I consider myself the push past your limits coach. You can't come to me with no excuses and think <laughs> that I'm going to accept them. I am the person you will hate until you love because I want to call bullshit on every excuse you got and show you how you can turn it around. Mm -hmm. And I think we need, we, we got to have those people. It, you got to have those people. And I don't know. I'm getting so fired up. No, you're <laughs> you good. Yeah. It's all good. It's all yeah, good. You're so fired up. <laughs> Well, I, I, we've been just jamming here for, gosh, almost an hour already. And I want to be mindful of your time because I know you got a thousand things probably on your agenda. But I want to give you a, um, a couple of shout outs here. I want you to be able to tell me about this Mo App Do app that you have out there. Yes. Yeah, so, the Mo okay, Plan so, Do. Yeah. Mo Plan Do. So Mo Plan Do is um, a tech uh, mobile app technology that I built last year that absolutely failed. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I will say that we have pivoted with Mo Plan Do, and I refuse to take it away because I think it's a great, a great conversation starter. Most people advertise the things that are winning. I am advertising something that's pivoted. So Mo Plan Do is, was an app that would hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. We have changed the name. And, um, and we have changed um, the mobile app, and it is not even open to the public just yet. But what came from that, that failure, was another piece of technology that actually will work with MoPlan Do that's actually built right now. And it's called Reskillify. 
And it works with um, the Numo Plan Do version, which is now called Reskillify Check. But um, Reskillify is an e-learning platform that helps per people, professionals, level up and reskill in their career, their business, and their life. And what MoPlan Do was, and what now the name changed to Reskillify Check, is the checklist that goes with your courses, right? Oh, so you okay. can use it as a standalone checklist, or you can use it as an accountability checklist. So as you're going through each course, on Reskillify and you're actually completing the items that the instructor is telling you to complete, you can check it off and Reskillify check formerly known as MoPlan Do yeah. on your mobile phone or on the app so that you can actually complete the tasks that you set out to complete. Because most people right now are buying courses and they're just sitting or they're taking bits and pieces of it and then they're moving it along, but they're not actually achieving the goal that they're taking the course to achieve. Mm -hmm. And that's what's missing. And so what I built with my community, we have um, over a thousand users and we're still in beta, remarkable. Um, but what, we, what we've done is like, okay, now that you have the course material, how can we help you actually complete the course, but not just complete the course, if you're starting a staffing business, how can we make it so at the end, your staffing business is actually set up? Yeah. Or if you're starting a, um, a podcast, by the end, your podcast is live. Like, I don't want to just take courses for you to learn. I right. think that is 1989. In 2020, you're taking courses to not just learn, but to actually execute. And I am an executor. So MoPlan Do has been renamed to Reskillify Check. It is not live yet. It is still being built um, or revised, I would say, to integrate with Reskillify. But Reskillify is alive. Um, I have not officially started advertising it, although I'm talking about it here on my podcast because I want to be very transparent about failure and about how failure sometimes is not a failure, but it's just a pivot. And you have to just be open enough to see that it's a pivot and to pivot. <laughs> just, just do it. I like it. No, that's that's good stuff. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask you my one canned question for the day, yeah, right? Sure. Is, um, and I know you're all about the, the, the connecting entrepreneurs. So for those entrepreneurs and around here, we try, to, we try to address those entrepreneurs that are trying to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up. What advice would you hand out saying, dude, here's the number one tip I need to give you? Oh, shoot. I got three. <laughs> oh, oh, over delivering again, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Um, so the first thing I would say is um, your, there's an article, 1,000 customers, your first 1,000 customers. Like I would say, take that so seriously. Mm -hmm. I would say um, that you should be on the phone, physically on the phone with your first 1,000 customers. And you should get to know them and get to know their husbands and their wives and their kids and um, become their friends and really plant the seeds in those relationships. When I transitioned from my former life of hood chick <laughs> to business professional, I had to break up with my friends. Mm -hmm. And I thought for a very long time, I would never have any real friends. And now all of my friends are business professionals who 
we resonate. We talk about the same things. We love on the same things. It was a match made in heaven. Nice. So um, not only that, it, caught, it cuts down on your advertising costs because everything now becomes a referral. And you would be surprised how many times I've been talking to people and they said I was on a flight and I just happened to mention to somebody I was in love with staffing. And they said, you need to call D. Williams. <laughs> like on a flight, right? Nice. So the first 1,000, you have to mind your first 1,000 customers. That's number one. Okay. Number two, we're in 2020. Get into the technology. Find the technology that you need to find to automate your business. It's there. Mm -hmm. It is there. It's there and it's cost effective and it will change the game. It will allow you to have more freedom in your business. And if you have a great network and technology to automate, then that equates to freedom, time freedom yeah. and money. So that's my second thing. And then my third thing is don't sleep on the research. Um, like research everything, research your market, research the comments underneath the posts that you're posting, research, um, go to Dun and Bradstreet, research financials, financials, research, research, research. Don't spend so much time that you don't execute, but spend enough time that you understand the value that you need to deliver mm -hmm. in order to be impactful to the first 1,000 customers that you are nurturing. Those are my top three. I've got that, 25, that, but those uh, are my top three. That was money right there. You could just, we could stop right now and it would be like <laughs> money. <laughs> all right, so I know D has all kinds of goodness. I have a whole host of websites and I'm gonna be sure to get all these links in the show yeah. notes for you. But if anyone wanted to learn more about D and all her goodness, where would you want them to go first? Yeah, so my website, d-williams.com, like that's where you can find anything else, anything about me. Um, if you're interested in starting a staffing business or just the idea, we have a lot of nurses and doctors and attorneys and lawyers and then folks who just want to impact their community, staffingpreneursacademy.com. Um, if you are all about that course life and you want to level up and reskill, you can go to reskillify.com. Follow me. My YouTube channel is popping. When I say it's popping, it's popping. You can get, I think we have over 450 videos on YouTube that people have been off of like daily. So I have fun with that. People date me for years before they call me sometimes, <laughs> whatever. Um, so you can find me on YouTube. I'm Dee Williams. If you want to check out my uh, documentary and learn more about my story, you can go to YouTube and type in individual audacity documentary and I'll pop right up. Nice. Um, and then just check me out on social media, 30,000 strong on LinkedIn, Twitter, I'm fire, IG, I'm fire all over, you know, Facebook, everywhere. I love people. My um, office number, 866-432-8801. Call the office. I'm here to get you fired up. I'm here to make sure you do what you came here to do. And I definitely welcome um, anyone who's serious and passionate about starting a business and um, scaling and um, leveling up in, in their career life or business. All right, D. again, thank you so much for, for hanging out a while. I know you're out there in L.A. and it's, Is it still like all smoky and foggy out there from all the fires right now? Interesting. Those fires are in Northern California, right? So I was asking my daughter, I was like, 
are there fires here and I don't know about it? She's right? like, Northern California. But I'm like, oh, okay. okay. I do, we are getting some like ash, like okay. on the top of my car. You can kind of see like, but we haven't gotten the brunt of it here. I'm close to the airport. Okay. Um, so we haven't really gotten the brunt of it here. Um, actually, the weather is absolutely beautiful. Um, we're still in COVID space. You know, mm -hmm. everything isn't 100% open here in California. But this is an outdoor city. So everybody is outside at the beach hiking, biking, nice. <laughs> you know, with their mask on. It's beautiful. I just want to say really quickly, I really appreciate you allowing me to come onto this platform and to share my energy. It um, is definitely the highlight of my day today. And I hope that this is not the last time that I get to come and hang out with you because I have so much to share. And I hope you'll come on my podcast too, because you're awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much. I would absolutely love to show up there. And you, I was actually going to be asking for you to be, to come back on here because I know you've only scratched the surface of of all your goodness. So we'll definitely be having you back. And you, yeah, we'll let's we'll stay in contact. I'll I'll hook you up with uh, with another show and definitely come in there and share some goodness on your on your show as well. I love, that. I love that you're amazing. This this community is so lucky to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. All right, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. D. Williams bringing the fire. Could you just feel that energy coming off the your your listening device right into your ear holes? Oh man, I'm just stoked from re-listening to it. Right. All right. So here's the thoughts I came away with today, and there were so many of them, but I won't want to list 175 of them. I want to give you just a few to take away. Thought number one: Life comes with balance. You have to have a good home life for your career to be rocking, right? And that said, your career life is going to have to be in order for your home life to be rocking. And when one falls out of sync, the other is going to be impacted. And if it's not impacted immediately, then it soon will follow, right? Uh, that I can attest from experience. Now, as a follow-up to this, when you do go through some of the things in your life and your career... Or, you know, in any part of your life, right? Be it financial or health or mental or whatever, embrace the situation. Yeah, you heard me. Grab on and hold on to that mother with both hands. Be it good, bad, or ugly. Embrace it, right? Learn everything you can from it. That will definitely define your character in the most positive and the most impactful way. Even when you fail miserably, your character can prove you through. Thought number two, now D, like so many others, resonates with being a dark horse. So many times, you see, we have issues with our family, our health, our bosses, our money, or any of the other myriad of things that are going on in the world that, that are impacting us, right? The challenge, yeah, the challenge, I say again, is not letting any one of those things empower our excuses. No, right? You just you just got to stop letting shit empower your excuses. They're going to keep you from doing what you're meant to do, from doing what makes your heart sing. Do not let excuses be a part of your norm. Thought number three, nearly gone are the days of ruthless business. Now, let's, let's, let's be honest. You know, I don't think that we'll ever see the end of all of those ruthless businesses going away but i do think we're seeing a dying of that time right they won't go away anytime soon you know but as d mentioned 
And I, too, have noticed this shift and chatted about it a couple of uh, times here. There's been this more, uh, um, I think, more frequent shift to the human-to-human way of doing businesses, a way of how can I be of service, that way of doing business. I personally believe that if you build some human connection, it doesn't take a lot, right? Just enough to crack through that surface minutiae that's out there. If you do that, then you can create and leverage some amazing relationships and build a solid foundation, not just for your business, but for yourself and your whole damn life. Thought number four, what level of interest are you showing your prospects? Yeah, let's just kind of build on this human connection style of doing business, right? The best way to show and build that human connection is by showing a true, right, a sincere interest in your prospect and their business, and their life, and their needs, right? See, we can all think back, if if you're honest for a moment, we can all think back to one of those amazing business people that have come into our lives, be they a salesperson or not, but they came into our lives and they impressed us with the interest in who we were as people, as well as being interested in our business, and of course, you know, how they and their services could help better serve our customers. See, they knew the value of building that human connection way of doing business. And thought number five, be bold, even when you're scared shitless. Yep, I'm going to leave that one just like it is. What ideas, inspiring tips, or thoughts resonated with you today? Hmm? There was a lot of them, right? This is one of our longer episodes. And, yeah, it's, you know, someone often says, you know, in the world of podcasting, how long should a podcast be? I think the answer is, as long as the content is good. And there was nothing I wanted to cut out of this. So I left it all in there for you just to, you know, just to enjoy. I mean, I, I was I was getting charged all up just going through the uh, and re-listening to it when I was doing the editing, right? So again, I ask you, what ideas, inspiring tips, or thoughts resonated with you? Whatever they were, yep, that's right. Take some time today and put them into action. Go out there, run your race, get your results and let me hear about them. Please email me, Tracy, at darkhorseschooling.com. Share the tips or ideas that you came away with, how you put them into action, and what results you gained from them. All right? Now, our next big episode uh, is going to be with Ray Lane, a.k.a. The Video Guy. Ray has been working in the video production field for over 25 years, and he's been doing marketing for at least 15. Bray is going to be... Ray. Bray. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and I'm not going to edit that out either. <laughs> Ray is going to be bringing his quarter century of experience to the show and leaving some value for all of us to learn from. Now... I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and inspirational stories from this podcast and the guests that I am lucky enough to bring on board. So we'll go on down there, hit that subscribe button. Why are there? Give us a five-star rating and, and write us a quick review. And of course, don't keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D to yourself. Share this podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know are going to get value from it. With that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.